Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to another episode of uh, Masala PTI Boys and Girls. This is your host uh, Arvind and Ravi. Ravi, this is a very interesting uh, and underrated time of the year in the sports calendar with uh, NBA starting off, NFL and college in full flow, and of course the World Series going on as well. Uh, what do you think about that? I think this is a very underrated part of the calendar. Agreed, and especially when, and hello everyone, by the way, uh, this is Ravi. So I agree with you, Arvind, and especially because it's interesting that uh, each of the, at least the three uh, major sports, professional sports, and along with the uh, college football season, are all in very interesting uh, junctures of their respective seasons. Uh, obviously, baseball is in the final throes of its postseason because of uh, a very dynamic off-season with a lot of moving parts. The NBA season, everyone is curious to see how the different players fit into their new teams. And the NFL season, I think, uh, has reached its midway point where a lot of uh, pre-season assumptions have been right as to who's going to be strong and who's not. And then there have been surprises that have emerged. So, all in all, not just the fact that there is active going on uh, active things going on in regards to each of these three sports and their seasons but also the the specific juncture of each of these three professional sports and their seasons is probably at a very critical time uh, during this part of the year yeah that's a good point yeah uh, typically you know there's a lot of hype around certain parts of the year right i think march is one of them because of the obviously the march madness uh, but then NFL is usually not around at that time. So there are there are these junctures in this in during the year when the calendar really heats up. And mid to late October is typically not viewed as one of those stretches. But I think it's uh, become one, especially with the NBA season kicking off uh, earlier the last couple of years. Uh, yes. By the way, have you... I'm sure you're uh, thrilled about the Suns. The Suns are looking really good this year so far, huh? Absolutely, Arvind. And in fact, I think you and I were having an offline chat this morning that uh, neither of us has been this excited about the beginning of a Suns season uh, since, what, the 2004-2005 season when the Nash era Suns started off. I mean, after that, for a, a number of years, you know, we kind of assumed that the team would do relatively well but this uh, you know and these are early days but at least the first four games have shown uh, like a night and day in terms of what uh, uh, I anticipated versus what they've shown on the court definitely yeah that's the surprising part I think um, we were all hoping for the best but at the same time kind of prepared for the worst because the roster was not you know, upgraded in a big way and there are a lot of question marks around the draft picks and all of that. So especially with respect to most people's expectation, they have just, uh, you know, shown themselves out to be much better. And 
you know, regardless of the record, just the way they play, they compete, and the intensity of the games, that, you know, that the fact that the games do matter deep into the fourth quarter, it's it's all almost feels like a new feeling for Phoenix Suns basketball after what yes. we have seen the last three or four years. Yeah, who would have thought that, you know, you put a semi, I guess, knowledgeable uh, professional NBA coach with uh, half-decent NBA-worthy players and all of a sudden you have a team that's worth watching. And to your point, uh, which is completely correct, uh, it's not even about the sheer wins and losses. It's just the fact that they are never out of any game. And even if we look at the record, this team could have, if not for two plays, this team could have very easily been 4-0. Exactly, yeah. And it deserved 4-0 at that. Yeah. Anyways, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Suns, the new Chase Center tomorrow against the Warriors. That should be a... Uh, interesting game. That would be a good game. Because uh, speaking of the Warriors, I also feel that the first two games, I mean, I know uh, they were pretty lopsided losses, but uh, you know, that that felt a little too premature for people to kind of uh, call them kind of duds already. Uh, uh, so, so I'm also expecting a pretty intense game tomorrow. Uh, at the same time, given how the Suns have played, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, hard to even predict what happens tomorrow. But that's that's progress for the Suns. Anyway, speaking right. speaking of uh, uh, you know performing to expectations or not, I think we should continue our analysis of the uh, NFC. Uh, last time we uh, did a thorough review of the AFC and where the teams are. Basically, uh, we, we should do the same for NFC, Ravi. Basically, three things, right? Uh, in reality, where, where did we expect them to be and where are they? Do we think they are a good legitimate playoff contender? And of course, from a fantasy perspective, any one takeaway for each one of the teams. Um, are you ready? Yes, sir. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Let. So, wh- why don't you pick? Why don't you drive it? Uh, pick the division teams, and I'll follow follow your lead on this. Okay. Uh, let's do that, and uh, you know, just completely randomly, let's start off with the NFC South. Um, you know, and let's start off with the team that sits atop uh, the NFC South at the moment, and that is the New Orleans Saints. So, Arvind, in my mind, their story is one of the more uh, feel-good stories, uh, you know, at least according to me, uh, because they sit at 7-1, and one, and it's not just about them being 7-1. and one. This was a team that lost uh, Breeze, what, game two of this year, and, uh, you know, even in, in published formal interviews, uh, you heard Sean Payton talk about how all they needed to do or all they were hoping to do was to stay afloat, which you could kind of equate to being a 500 team mm-hmm. during Breeze's absence uh, with Bridgewater. Um, uh, and, and instead, what has happened is Bridgewater has been expert uh, or expertly shepherding the team to what a 5-0 record, then obviously graciously handed the reins back to Breeze and Breeze uh, ended up shellacking the Cardinals last weekend. So I think from a real reality or the real uh, NFL perspective, I think the Saints uh, have you know 
displayed all the ways that made them one of the preseason favorites. Um, so their playoff, you know, presence is an absolute uh, slam dunk. In terms of fantasy, I feel what has been heartening is to again see that Michael Thomas arguably is the best wide receiver right now in football. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, he seems to be agnostic to who's QBing for him. I mean, he probably would average eight catches for 100 yards even with Taysom Hill at QB. <laughs> um, and on the flip side, though, I think Kamara, Alvin Kamara has been a victim, I guess, a little bit of injury, a little bit of the quarterback change, and he hasn't really crept up to uh, his ADP. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Saints? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, my first thought was actually Alvin Kamara. I've always been a huge fan of his. And I have to say, um, I was a little disappointed uh, with him so far. I've been a little disappointed with him. And, uh, you know, this year, if you remember, it was a three-way horse at the top of the draft, right? Basically, people were saying it's Saquon Barkley, Kamara and Christian McCaffrey in some order. And I yes. had the third pick, so I had a kind of an easier job in that the two teams ahead of me picked the two running backs and then I was going to take whoever fell to me, right? Uh, but in reality, my in my ranking, I uh, actually was very tempted to put Kamara at one. So in hypothetical world, if I had the first pick, I was really debating between Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. So that's... I see. Just I see. to, but I would have actually picked Christian McCaffrey, um, but Kamara was my other chance choice, right? So to that, just like you said, to that against that expectation, I think Kamara has been a little bit of a letdown, but I do expect a big uh, second half from him. So that's really my fantasy thoughts on them. As far as reality goes, yeah, I totally agree with you. They what they've done with Teddy Bridgewater, who as uh, I believe he's the highest paid backup quarterback in the league. So we shouldn't be super surprised at the, you know where they are without Breeze. But at the same time, it's it's not a joke for a backup QB, especially a backup QB to Hall of Famer like Drew Breeze to lead the team to a 5-0 record. So I think they are a absolutely legitimate contender, not just a playoff contender, but a, a, you know, a Super Bowl contender. Uh, and I guess as far as our expectation goes, we did have high expectations for them. So they're just uh, right there where I guess uh, where their ceiling was in our mind. But like you said, the biggest surprise is just how uh, they didn't miss a beat when Drew Brees uh, got hurt. That that truly was a surprise. So I think the rest of the year, it's going to be a fun time out there in New Orleans. Absolutely, absolutely, which kind of, uh, uh, you know, is a good segue to the next team, which was, uh, in many people's minds, uh, a preseason uh, favorite as well, uh, to win the South, and that happens to be the Carolina Panthers. Now, their story in some ways has been similar to that of the Saints, in the sense that they lost their starting quarterback, a potential Hall of Famer in Cam Newton, very early on in the season. And they also had their backup QB coming in and winning a handful of games in uh, uh, in Cam's absence. Unfortunately, I mean, or not unfortunately, ironically, in this case, the backup also happened to be someone that is completely unheralded, previously had, what, 
one start back in 2017 uh, Kyle Allen that is mm-hmm. uh, but I think what has been impressive with the Panthers has been uh, the guy that you just spoke about Christian McCaffrey I mean he has been otherworldly probably if you were to do a redraft today he would be a consensus number one pick um, uh, in fantasy football, uh, which is a segue to the fantasy side of uh, this discussion. Uh, so I think he's carried the Panthers' offense. He's also carried many of the fantasy football owners to a very uh, you know good six and two, five and three type of a record, if not higher. Uh, and that you know has probably been the bright spot. On the flip side, though, I feel. At least in my opinion, Arvind, that Cam, once he gets healthy, mm-hmm. I think he'll be given the keys to the car. And I personally am not a big fan of that because he kind of didn't look right even before he got hurt or, you know, potentially uh, when he says he got hurt. So I'm not sure whether going back to him would be, uh, you know, be a productive move but I think that's that's where uh, the team seems to be going towards what are your thoughts yeah I I think um, I don't know if I would completely agree with you on them giving the job back to him it to me the indications are he might be done there but then again we'll see what happens um, I feel like they may go with Kyle Allen but then again it also depends on how he does all the next uh, a uh, few games, right? We, as we you know, this is all week to week. Uh, everybody yeah. is a hero one week, and then they're trash the next, right? Uh, we live in a society where you know people are cons- suddenly asking whether Steph Curry is good, right? Just because they started the season o two or whatever. So obviously, Kyle Allen, he needs to keep doing. He needs to keep winning for them to uh, not question him, but. As long as he does that, I feel like they're going to find some excuse to keep Cam Newton uh, on the bench. Uh, they may do it in a very nice way, but I feel like he might be done there. But let's see what happens. I, I could be wrong and you might be right. Uh, as far as the uh, the record itself goes, I think they're about where I thought they would be. I With or without Cam Newton, I always thought they would be a mediocre team this this year, I didn't have a whole lot of expectation for them. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I totally agree with you. The, the story is definitely Christian McCaffrey. As much as I thought he would have a good season, I, this is beyond all uh, expectations. So that would be my take uh, on the fantasy side of things. Uh, I think we could use a little bit more from their wide receivers, I guess. It's gotten to a point where, uh, you know... It's even hard to remember who their wide receivers are uh, from a weekly yeah. basis. But I think they are they are um, being carried, like you said, by Christian McCaffrey and some uh, stable, perf- you know, game management from their QB. I feel like if they maintain a decent record, they may just stay with this formula, and not inject Cam into this uh, into this equation. But let's see uh, what happens. Yeah, I really hope that is the case because I think things look efficient right now, and that's uh, you know there, there's every chance that could get slightly insta- uh, destabilized if you if you try to force feed Cam back into the lineup. Right, right. Uh, 
but speaking of expectations and how those expectations or how those uh, not expectations but how your feelings about specific players uh, go up and down on a weekly basis uh, i think nothing is more apt uh, as a use case for that than the tampa bay buccaneers uh, right one week uh, winston throws four touchdowns to chris godwin and all of a sudden people talk about how james has changed and he's bought into arians's uh, uh, you know deep throw offense the very next week he has six turnovers and they say Winston would will never change he is a crappy quarterback <laughs> this is the this is the last year for him in Tampa but i think all of those uh, feelings though are absolutely correct i think Tampa represents uh, the in some ways the worst of James Arians uh, everything like right i mean it's very mercurial one week they look like they could beat any team in fact i go back to week 1 when we did not know that the 49ers were going to be this good i thought the buccaneers gave the 49ers as tough a fight as any team since has so i think they are able to play you know effectively but on the other hand they also have absolute stinkers like they've had the past couple of weeks so all in all i feel a very disappointing team thus far and their record showing two wins and five losses is pretty representative of that in terms of fantasy uh, i think they have what wide receiver 3 and wide receiver 4 uh, in godwin and evans uh, so i think in that sense they have been a fantasy feast uh, wide receiver wise uh, but uh, pretty much in every other area like especially in tight ends i mean one of uh, uh, the biggest preseason or biggest uh, fantasy football busts this year has been oj howard at tight end Uh, who many people thought would be in the holy trinity of the top three titans, and I think instead he's barely hitting top forty right now. So I think uh, overall a very uh, lukewarm uh, performance by the Buccaneers, both in a real as well as a fantasy standpoint. Other than Evans and Godwin really shining through. Yeah, I, I think uh, on the fantasy side, I totally agree with you. If I have to pick one thing, it would actually be even more than Evans or Godwin. It's probably O.J. Howard. Like you said, for all the uh, preseason hype, he has really done nothing, absolutely nothing. Uh, you know, you would, Titans typically tend to at least catch a touchdown here or there just by accident. This guy is, uh, <laughs> no, no, right? And this guy is not even doing that. I mean usually your concern with Titan is oh he's a little touchdown dependent right but for a so called star titan this guy is uh, not dependent on anything including touchdowns or receptions or targets uh, nothing is going on there so i would say that was one huge surprise for me uh, on 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 the fantasy side of course godwin has been a pleasant surprise on the positive side as well In reality I think yeah it was type kind of a tough team for me to uh, scout at the beginning because with uh, our Bruzerians the Arizona Cardinals coach going there and you know him being a little bit of an offensive genius and whether he's going to make James Winston you know be consistently good there there's a lot of questions like that uh, like you said nothing has been concretely answered it's uh, one way one week and then it goes the other way the next week you know there's no consistency there uh, record wise i guess they are where 
they ought to be. And of course, they're not going to be anywhere near the playoffs. Uh, I think it's time for a reboot there as far as uh, Winston goes. And it's, you know, that whole draft with Winston and Mariota looks like both the experiments are kind of dead now. Um, do, do you see them right. even in their, uh, uh, you know, in their home bases next year, Ravi, or do you see both of them gone? Yeah, I think both of them uh, are as good as gone. In fact, to me, you know, you can very probably logically see their career trajectories being very similar to that of, say, a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Josh McCown, you know, able backups mm-hmm. who are able to give you a couple of games every season when the starter kind of gets injured or benched. But uh, nothing of them makes me feel like him, you know, more so with uh, Winston because he's also turnover prone. Because for better or worse, the one thing with Mariota is he's always been a game manager. He doesn't kind of you the game, but he can never win you one either. Right. Winston, it feels like can win and lose you the same game within the same quarter. <laughs> That's uh, true, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with you on the Buccaneers, and the story gets even worse when we talk about the Atlanta Falcons, who at one and seven are probably the most uh, disappointing disappointing team uh, in the NFL this year uh, because I think some of the other uh, teams uh, or at least the winless ones like the Bengals and the Dolphins I think people expected them to be bad with the Falcons I mean their offense has always been uh, um, you know a high motor high powered offense and it has to some extent retained that but I think it's Mm -hmm. the defensive side of uh, the team that has completely let them down they've had a couple of injuries but even otherwise, I think uh, uh, the team has completely underperformed uh, as a defensive unit. On offense, I feel their offensive line has come into a lot of criticism. Coupled with, it feels like no one likes the coach, Dan Quinn. I mean, everyone's been talking about him as dead man walking, uh, except that he just doesn't get fired. He just keeps playing <laughs> or coaching game after game, week after week, and every week before the game. Uh, all the prognosticators talk about this being the last game for him. If he doesn't win, he gets fired and hasn't happened for eight weeks. So I think they've been a complete crap show. And on the fantasy side, I think uh, uh, Hooper, Austin Hooper has been an absolute revelation. He's probably right now tight end number one, So which is the good part. I think what's been the sober or the mediocre part is, despite it not looking this way, Devonta Freeman has been in the you know, top 15, top 20 running back uh, ranking uh, purely because of his uh, receiving uh, yardage and the fact that he's been catching these 6 to 8 balls every game. I think that's keeping him busy and keeping him kind of uh, usable. The thing that has been uh, interesting to me uh, with fantasy in the Falcons is Julio. It has become a pretty common occurrence in the last, what, three to four seasons that at least in the first half of the season you find Julio accumulating a lot of yards a number of catches but minimal touchdowns and that story seems to have gotten repeated again this year I mean he seems to be in every game he gets his usual 10 for 100 but again the TDs are missing so that's just an interesting thing he kind of makes up for it towards the latter part of the season but it's just one of those unsolved mysteries for me Uh, what do you yeah. think about the Falcons? 
That's a great point about uh, Julio. Yeah, he always goes through those uh, stretches in his career, looks like. Uh, um, you know, but, but I agree with you that the story is probably Austin Hooper. He has been fantastic. Uh, and Devata Freeman has been more than adequate, right? Despite all their problems uh, as a team, I think fantasy-wise, these two guys and Matt Ryan as well have been pretty useful to their uh, owners. But yes. definitely Hooper is the you know cream of the crop there. In terms of reality, I was completely wrong uh, on them. I I was expect I was one of those people who were expecting great things from them. So this one and seven record and where they are sitting right now is absolute uh, uh, shocker for me. But I guess, uh, like you said, it's the defense that is letting them down. And uh, I don't know where they go from here, Ravi. I think they are kind of at a crossroads uh, uh, as a franchise. I guess Matt Ryan is uh, still useful, but then some of these other guys are getting up there in age as well. Um, and and they may be they may have to, like you said, fire the coach and and start over. And that's not a good thing for a team which was what in the in the Super Bowl like uh, two years back. And yeah. this this is going to be a little bit of a reboot uh, coming soon to Atlanta. And you know, uh, you that you bring up a very interesting point regarding them being in the Super Bowl just two seasons ago. And I'm not a big believer in this uh, either momentum or psyche and uh, uh, hmm. kind of getting jinxed and so on and so forth or losing confidence. But it's uncanny that since that 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl disappearing, the Falcons as a unit have just not been the same. So I want, and, and if you think about the fact that a lot of the players and the coaching staff has been basically the same, there seems to be at least some sense of continuation of that, uh, uh, of, of, of what happened at the Super Bowl that day, having uh, kind of a remit, uh, have, having a lingering effect on how the team has shown up on the field in the consequent uh, or the subsequent two seasons. Except uh, Kyle Shanahan, right? He, That's right. Yeah, he's he, yeah he's one major change, and now he's kind of the you know toast of the town after the uh, start the Niners have had. Anyways, That's yeah, right. absolutely. Good, good. No, absolutely good point. So, moving on to the NFC North and in. You know, for the NFC North, I'll kind of go in reverse order of people who've been you know, of the teams that are going from worst to best. And speaking of the worst, I think uh, we don't need to look any further than the Chicago Bears. Uh, <laughs> I think again, a team that uh, seemed to have uh, a lot of preseason hype around uh, the inventive offense of Matt Nagy and uh, a defense that was being equated with the 85 Bears. And while the defense has been, I think, uh, quite okay, uh, even very good in a couple of games, I think the offense is where things have totally fallen apart. And much of that blame, in my mind, uh, lies uh, on the shoulders of uh, Trubisky. I think he's been horrid. Uh, And for, you know, just uh, coincidental reasons, as well as the fact that I have a couple of the Bears on my fantasy team, I've been following their games really closely and I cannot believe some of the throws and some of the decisions Trubisky makes. Uh, it's almost as if this guy never played football before this year. <laughs> and I think so. that's been the biggest, in my mind, the handicap that uh, the Bears are carrying. Along with, uh, along with some very 
curious things like last year arvind if you remember derrick mm-hmm. cohen was one of the most dynamic weapons on the football field not just fantasy but i'm talking about in terms of real nfl game changers and this year he's completely been missing in action thoroughly underused in fact i was smirking last week where i think there was a point in that game where he had i think six six catches for 10 yards wow. not six carries six catches for 10 yards <laughs> and so to me that is something even game scheming wise that is going wrong in chicago uh so so i think things not looking too good there i don't see them being anywhere close to a playoff berth from a fantasy standpoint i think the only guy that stood out so far has been alan robinson who seems to be you know churning out uh, those uh, i guess consistent but boring wide receiver two numbers irrespective of whether it is uh, trubisky or chase daniel or whoever is throwing him the ball but he's been the only i think consolation in what has been a forgettable season thus far right right i think from a record perspective i thought they would be better than this obviously i think most of us did 3 and 4 definitely they're a huge disappointment i think i i if you remember uh, in our league of record i actually drafted michel trubisky so i was way off on that as well i expected great things from him at the quarterback position i feel like he was bad last year and he's kind of regressed actually um, yes yes <laughs> If you remember there was one stretch where he was actually on fire uh yes. he was scoring like 30 points in fantasy for like a good four week stretch and i thought that's what we were going to see this year with some improvements but he has been a complete disaster i agree with you on that record wise also they have been disappointment i don't think they're sniffing the playoffs this year in terms of fantasy I would say uh David Montgomery uh who had a great week last week I'm a little disappointed in the coaching staff for really not tapping into his skill set from week 1 Ravi if you remember uh it has been a little bit of a head scratcher on what they're doing with their uh, uh running backs like you said Terry Cohen is not having a dominant season either and I you know they drafted David Montgomery fairly high and he has been a, a, a very inconsistent he has been pretty inconsistent and from a fantasy side that stands out to me because despite all the disappointment of Trubisky and Cohen and all of that I I thought David Montgomery is going to be kind of like a lock as far as at least opportunities go uh forget performance even the opportunities has been inconsistent coming his way Don't you think that you know uh, he, he he should be used a little bit more Ravi from day yeah, one Yeah absolutely I mean and, and I think uh, you know uh, uh, to be honest with you this last weekend's game was the first time this year where I felt that there was a concerted effort to run the ball and I, and you know the results were fairly apparent right after I mean he had what 27 carries for 135 yards or something mm-hmm. I hope that is now the new normal as far as their offensive play calling is concerned because the previous week he had two carries for 6 yards I mean that's just ridiculous and you know you brought in this guy as you said you brought in this guy with a high draft pick kind of jettisoned uh, Uh, Jordan Howard right who seems to have been doing a pretty decent job over the course of the last few seasons and uh, the last i mean so so what you didn't expect after all of these moves and 
projections was to have someone carry the ball twice for six yards uh, in an entire game. So I think I'm hoping what happened this past weekend, where there was a very concerted effort to get him the ball, I think I hope is what stays stays true to course in the next few games as well. Exactly. Me too. Me too. Um, so then moving up the ladder a little bit on the NFC North, we talk about the Detroit Lions, who to me, Arvind, have been uh, a welcome surprise. I Candidly, I didn't know enough about you know, them other than the fact that they seem pretty much the same team as they were last year and the year before. Um, and I'm never, I've never been a big fan of Matt Patricia as a head coach, you know, quality. So to me, I just felt this would be one of those teams that kind of will have a few wins here and there, but uh, otherwise will like, uh, uh, you know, sneak into darkness. And instead, what I found is that they've been kind of competitive in pretty much every game they've played. Uh, their record of 3-3-1 and one probably describes them very aptly. They are exactly the, the average of uh, what a good team that sometimes does better than it should, but it often also loses games it shouldn't. I think that's basically the Detroit Lions. I think they, to me, uh, playoffs is out of question. Uh, what is the problem, though, with that team is the fact that obviously age is not on their side either. So they're not a young 3-3 three and three team. They're a team that has kind of uh, seen uh, you know, uh, the better side of uh, their playing years. And uh, I'm not sure what the future holds for this for this team beyond this year, but you can see some positives in the in the way uh, uh, Carry On Johnson showed up uh, for a couple of games. Uh, Stafford has been excellent. So speaking of fantasy, I think Stafford's been um, you know vintage from 2013-14 Stafford. I think so. That's been really good. I think Kenny Galladay has truly emerged as a wide receiver one. Uh, on the flip side, I think what's been disappointing is. Uh, someone, uh, I mean, carry on jobs and not really uh, uh, performing up to expectations. If I remember correctly, he was being drafted as a what a high RB2 or high to mid RB2, and I think uh, uh, he came nowhere close to uh, you know matching up the, that expectation. Um, Oh, and in speaking of disappointments, the other fantasy disappointment you and I have been talking about as well is TJ Hawkinson. I mean, obviously a first-round draft pick by the Lions. I assumed he was going to be your baby Gronk mm-hmm. uh, or early stage Aaron Hernandez. And instead, we saw a fantastic first game against the hapless Cardinals and nothing since. So, overall, I think the Lions have surprised me compared to what I thought they would be. But they are the definition of what you would call a mediocre average team. Agreed. I think uh, they've surprised me as well. I didn't expect a lot from them. I think part of the reason is that it's a very difficult division, right? Especially we were all expecting Bears to be good and of course Packers and Vikings to be good as well. Those two teams have actually turned out to be good and now it is a difficult dish division because the Lions are good as well, not so much the Bears. So they have been a present surprise from a reality perspective and uh you know they 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 i think if you're a alliance fan it's it's not a a bad situation to be in um as far as fantasy goes uh i would say kenny gallery has been my biggest uh, surprise he has been pretty consistent he's given them what they need at the wide receiver position 
And like you said, you know, Stafford has been consistent. I actually have him in one of my leagues and I've been trying to drop him every week, but he does, just doesn't let me. Uh, he's <laughs> been my starter. I've gotten to the point now where I'm happy with him and I actually dropped the other quarterback. I forget who I drafted. But yeah, he's been consistent, but um, uh, Kenny has been the story there from a fantasy perspective, I think. Yep, uh, agreed. And, uh, and speaking of uh, uh, the story of the fantasy uh, season so far, uh, I don't think we would disagree that if you were to be asked to name the one player who's defined the fantasy season thus far, it would be Darwin Cook uh, for the Vikings. Um, the Minnesota Vikings are at six and two, looking like a legitimate, uh, uh, you know, threat uh, to the Packers in that uh, in the NFC North, and I think much of the credit for that has been has to be given to uh, the way Cook has run. I mean, in my mind, at least, uh, to the naked eye, it feels like he is far and away the best running back in the NFL. Uh, runs with raw aggression, uh, superb. Uh, you know, footwork, uh, and obviously the run blocking by the offensive line has been fantastic as well. Um, and obviously, he's been ably supported in recent games uh, by Kirk Cousins. I mean, it's funny how again, even thus far an eight-game season, you've seen almost two mini seasons as far as the Vikings are concerned. The first three or four weeks, all they were did was running the ball leading to a point where Thielen and Diggs complained and ran away and said we are sick <laughs> and whatever they did. Uh, and then it's been basically a, an offensive barrage by Kirk Cousins. I mean, Diggs has completely gone bonkers, uh, as did Thielen in the couple of games he played. So overall, I think the Vikings are looking like an offensive juggernaut. Uh, their defense has always been good and I think they look like uh, a legitimate uh, playoff contender. Uh, and I think from what I've already said, I think that covers their fantasy side as well, uh, at least from my perspective. But your thoughts, Arvind? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the most interesting thing you said there, Ravi, is how their their season is, can actually be divided into two phases. The first four games when I think they were 2-2, two and two, and then the next four where they've been pretty much 4-0. and oh. And to your yeah. point that the transformation is almost... Uh, you know, clearly visible with where Kirk Cousins was, right? The the whole Kirk Cousins is not uh, elite quarterback. He doesn't deserve his contract was all the story in Minnesota for the first four weeks. And now he's like, again, back to his uh, peak days or weeks he had in uh, Washington over the last uh, few years when he had uh, some good games. So it's been, you know, fascinating to see how that has transpired. And like you said, the engine that drives all of that is Dalvin Cook, the running back. Um, but in terms of expectation, despite the roller coaster ride, I have to say that this is probably where we thought they would be because they have been you know, good for a couple of years and we expected a lot out of them. The start was disappointing, but now at 6-2, and two, I would say that they are slightly better or just about where I thought they would be. And of course, they're legitimate threat uh, in the NFC. There's a lot of good teams, Ravi, as you would agree, I'm sure, in the NFC, and they're one of them, uh, one of the elites. Fantasy-wise, yeah, I think Cook is the story. Other the but what I was going to go with Ravi, and I would like to 
uh, hear your thoughts. I would say Dix has been a bit of a disappointment. I, I feel like the last couple of years, uh, he was on the you know up and up, and he was actually a lot more consistent. Uh, this year, I feel like he has been a disappointment in an overall sense, though things seem to be turning around. What's your take on Diggs? Yeah, no, I, I, I agreed. I think he is probably the single best representative of the, you know, the two seasons within the season already that we spoke about as far as the Vikings are concerned. I think the first uh, uh, four games, I think he averaged about 25 yards uh uh, uh, 25 yards on three catches or something like that, ridiculous like that. And then obviously that led to him uh, being a petulant kid and running away and all that. And since then, he's, <laughs> I think, averaging upwards of 100 yards every game. Um, and I think uh, that has been the problem, that he's not consistent. You can see the talent. I mean, even last, uh, when was it, Thursday night football last week, with no Thielen, you could clearly see that any time Cousins need to get out of jail, he was throwing it to Diggs and Diggs was making you know, making some ridiculous catches. So I think the talent is there. Many experts talk about him possibly being, along with Keenan Allen, the best pure route runner in the NFL today. Mm-hmm. So I think everything is there except what needs to be there between the I mean you know in his head I think sometimes he just seems to switch off so it is a lot more uh, mental rather than physical talents yeah but if he was at any given point of time as consistent as we would hope for he could be one of the top five top seven receivers in the game right now uh, my comment is completely ill-timed in the sense that he has had three amazing weeks and uh, you know that kind of coincides with both him and the offense and Kirk Cousins, everybody is doing great now. So they might have turned the corner, but especially in the earlier part of the season, I was pretty disappointed with uh, the inconsistencies there. Because even right. even when Cousins was struggling, it seemed like Thielen was always fantasy relevant, right? He caught a touchdown here and there. Somehow he gave you the floor seemed pretty high. This guy, it was scary for a few weeks where uh, the floor seemed to be, you know. Uh, subterranean, but uh, now I think all is good in Minnesota, including Diggs' fantasy outlook. Yeah, as a small detour there, Arvind, uh, only because I kind of believe completely in what you are telling. What you know, you, the, the example you are using Diggs as uh, to me, those are the kind of wide receivers that truly frustrate me. The Brandon Cooks, Diggs, mm-hmm. you know, someone like a Robbie Anderson type you never know when they are going to go off so you never know when to start them and invariably and we all all of us as fantasy uh, team owners feel that we have the worst luck each one of us right, thinks right. that we have the worst luck right. and as such we always think that the weeks that you start a Diggs or a Cooks or a Robbie Anderson is the week they'll give you a dart mm-hmm. and when they're sitting on your bench they'll end up kind of exploding for five catches for 200 yards and two touchdowns. Right, right. Yeah, well said. Well said, Ravi. Um, so, moving on to the leader of the division or leader of the NFC North as we speak, which is uh, basically the Green Bay Packers. Uh, again, speaking of a four-game win streak that the Vikings have had, I think the Packers have uh, matched that step by step, step to step. Um, Rodgers has been just fantastic. I think I cannot even... Uh, think of a parallel where uh, a team loses it uh, all world wide receiver 
uh, then loses its wide receivers two and three, and the wide receivers two and three who anyway were a huge question mark. We are talking about you know Mark Valdez, Scantling, and Geronimo Allison, and still this guy keeps finding random people off the street and making them look like <laughs> viable wide receivers, viable receivers, viable pass catchers. Yeah. Now I think it, it, a lot of it has to do with. Rogers, you know, and his ability, but I think some credit is also due to the new coaching staff, which has allowed him the liberty to kind of uh, uh, play the way he's been clamoring for over the past couple of years. Um, but obviously, he and McCarthy never agreed on things. So, uh, in any case, I think the Packers have been a breath of fresh air. I think their defense has been uh, up and down. I think it's not one that can be relied upon, but. As we've always felt, uh, as long as you have uh, Rogers, uh, you know, as QB, you can never write this team off. Uh, and I think the same applies from a fantasy standpoint. I think he's back in the reckoning as a true QB one. Uh, what's to me though, the standout has been uh, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. I think uh, early in the season there was talk about how he will end up in a committee with Jamal Williams, which I think still holds true to some extent. It's just that this guy is so much more productive in his touches. And in some plays, like this weekend's game, he basically functioned as a very effective wide receiver on several plays, including in two of his yeah. touchdowns. So I think right. Aaron Jones has been a has been a fantasy goldmine along with Aaron Rodgers. And overall, I think uh, this team is looking real good, not only to be a playoff player, uh, participant, but I think they could be a true threat uh, to the other NFC leaders. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think on the reality side, they are definitely a contender. I I actually can't wait for the Niners-Packers uh, game a uh, few weeks down the road. That's going to be uh, a big one that may even get flexed to Sunday night. I don't think it's a Sunday night game right now. So on the reality side, they've been fantastic. And uh, I totally agree with you on both the coach and Rodgers himself. Uh, The running game, finally, it looks like they have not just one, but two, uh, you know, serviceable, more than serviceable superstar running backs. I like Jamal Williams as well. Um, There is, but for the injuries to their wide receivers, I think everything is clicking and like you said, the injuries doesn't seem to matter at all for Aaron Rodgers. On the fantasy side, Ravi, the the fascinating thing for me has been um, Aaron Rodgers himself, right? If you remember, he, he, for a few weeks, it looked like he was basically uh, down from his QB1 years, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. But now things are turning around. And I just find it interesting that I'm just going to read his scores, at least in in uh, one of the leagues, right? Of course, your scoring could be different. But basically, in a typical standard league, he has like 15, 18, 15, which is nothing for a, for a guy of his caliber, right? And then he goes 39, 22, 53, and 33. So essentially, he has had four games where he has been pretty average from a fantasy perspective and four games just a, a, a superstar right and i i found that fascinating now moving forward i think we are going to get more of the fantasy start but 
initially during the initial part of the year uh, i just wonder what kept him kind of under wraps as far as fantasy goes they were still winning and stuff but i guess i guess maybe it took them a, a, a you know some time to get used to the new offense and things like that uh, i'm not sure what it was but i i just found it interesting that uh, he was not the same fantasy uh, threat for a few weeks but now he seems to be back on track so that's my uh, uh, take on their fantasy situation other than that everything is good in green bay exactly exactly and uh, speaking of things being good uh, let's move to the nfc west ha ah. and, and the leaders of this division which is the san francisco 49ers i mean i think uh, they have been a true surprise story of the season thus far i think I expected them to be competitive but no one could have dreamt uh, of a 7 and 0 start uh, living in the bay area as we both do i think uh, we are privy to the fans getting uh, truly energized by this team after a long long time and i think much of the credit uh, has to go to the defense i think they have been all worldly uh, completely nasty and have made the best uh, you know opposing teams look very average very pedestrian uh, from a defensive standpoint i think on offense uh, kyle shanahan and his run blocking i think it's just it's just uh, uh, you know beyond words i think uh, no offense to devin coleman and prida and mostert or jeff wilson but i truly feel that this guy could make any one of us to effective running backs uh, with the play design and the offensive uh, run blocking scheme that he that he schemes and designs uh, but that obviously should not take credit away from the fact that the team uh, is doing really well offensively and obviously on defense they are the best um, from a fantasy standpoint i think the true standout uh, very strangely given the fact that he hasn't played that many games has been tevin coleman i mean he got injured in the first quarter of game 1 uh ended up getting dropped in a number of leagues in, including in our in in the league of record that we both play in yeah. uh and whoever picked him up since then is obviously counting their millions because uh he looks like a top 10 running back as we speak on the flip side what has disappointed me a little bit about the 49ers fantasy wise has been their uh, uh passing game i mean i think jimmy has looked kind of uh, mediocre they don't have a go to wide receiver uh kittle's been a threat for sure but knowing that i think he's also garnered a lot of attention from opposing defenses and as such as a result he's not really paid dividends to his high adp uh what do you think arvin yeah i think fantasy wise definitely uh more than even kittle ravi i agree with you on kittle being a little bit of a letdown but the wide receivers have been the biggest disappointment i had a lot of high hopes myself for uh, folks like dante pettis um right. but none of that has panned out now they've actually traded for emmanuel sanders and let's see how that goes but that's really the weakest link in the team is their passing offense and the wide receivers uh kittle himself i think is going to be good if anything i feel like the sanders trade is going to help him more than anything else because at one point the receivers were so bad they were putting the number one corner on kittle for long stretches of the game 
So now at least that guy has to run with Sanders, whether uh, Jimmy is going to throw to him accurately or not. You got to respect that guy's speed and uh, uh, route running abilities. So that may open up the middle for uh, Kittle just a little bit. Um, as far as, as the reality goes, yeah, this has been a pleasant surprise. I feel like Bay Area fans don't even know how to react to it. I think... Every week, the expectation is building and pretty soon they're going to be, at least locally, be considered a legitimate, legitimate Super Bowl contender, right? People are still a little bit hesitant to declare them as that. It's been such a big turnaround and uh, a surprise. And I, you might remember this, Ravi. Today, they were talking about this on the radio, that how uh, the closest comparison could be the Kurt Warner Rams. Uh, because yes. apparently they went from three and thirteen to thirteen and three, and we could be and uh, if you remember they also went to the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So we could be very well uh, seeing the same thing here with this team. But the interesting part is this is completely the opposite of that team as far as how it's built, right? This yeah, is right. old school as old school as it gets. It's running, rushing, and basically defense that's what the backbone of this team is and the defense is just especially the pass defense is just spectacular uh the the defensive line is something uh that i've never seen before it's it's just uh for first round picks all over the place and a lot of them are playing like first round picks so i think they're set uh very set up very well for the playoffs Let's see how far they go. And uh, they're scheduled Titans, so they, they they are not going to be undefeated for long, I think. But uh, definitely uh, they're going to go deep in the playoffs. And it's kind of ex- refreshing to see football taking a kind of a U-turn here, at least with this team, and going in the direction of uh, rushing and defense. I kind of like it after a few years of just ball flying all over the place with passing offenses uh, taking control of the league. No, no doubt about it. I think I agree with you uh, in, in regards to the value of a really good defense and how it manages to uh, uh, influence the game uh, for a team such as the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of, you know, again, a, a good solid defense, that's been a hallmark of the Seattle Seahawks for the longest time. I think, unfortunately, with the number of their players having either retired or traded to other teams, I think the team no longer is known for its defense. Uh, what is kind of what is continuing to be its uh, uh, its like, crowning jewel is Russell Wilson and their uh, rushing offense. I think, in that sense, uh, this uh, Seahawks team is humming like it always does, uh, and has. Uh, garnered a 6-2 and two record so far. Uh, they have had a couple of uh, narrow wins uh, which could have gone either way. But other than that, I think they look uh, as solid as ever uh, running the ball really well with Chris Carson who has overcome some of his early season pumping issues. Uh, Wilson has been a true, I think, in MVP form. He could be along with Aaron Rodgers uh, considered be considered uh, uh, you know, two of the early or mid-season uh, MVP favorites, um, and then uh, Tyler Lockett from an uh, from a pass catching perspective has been fantastic as well. I think uh, from a fan- uh, fantasy side, uh, aside from Carson and Wilson, uh, I think 
what was looking like a true genius uh, uh, move on the part of the Seahawks was the growth of Will Disley as a reliable tight end. In fact, I think the three games that he played, uh, he was the number one tight end uh, during that time frame. Unfortunately, injuries resulted in, you know, obviously him getting lost for the season. Uh, but overall, I think the Seahawks look like a legitimate contender for the wild card. I don't see them overcoming the 49ers for the division crown. I think they are, they have as good a chance for the wild card as any other team uh, in the NFC. And I think from a fantasy standpoint, they are still being defined by Carson and Wilson and Lockett. Uh, and a little bit here and there from DK Metcalf. Yeah, that's a great uh, summary, Ravi. I think from a, a reality perspective, I expected a little less from them. Maybe it was wishful thinking on my part as, uh, you know, Cardinals fans and living in the yes. Bay Area, Seahawks uh, are one of the more hated franchises in these parts. So I've never been a big fan of uh, Pete Carroll or the Seahawks. But you got to give the devil its due. I think they have a fantastic program there. And that quarterback is legit, man. I mean, I think he's a true MVP candidate. He's a absolute stud. And, uh, you know, at 6-2, and two, they, they just figure out a way to be, you know, right here every year, basically. And I think they're uh, pretty legit. Uh, I agree with you. They may not be able to catch the Niners, but... Would we be really surprised if they did? Uh, anything is possible with these guys. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I've been really uh, pleasantly surprised with uh, the consistency of Chris Carson. Um, I guess I shouldn't be considering uh, they were pretty committed to the run even last year. But uh, still to see him flourish in this offense... It's been uh, nice to uh, see that. And like you said, Will Disley is the other big uh, news. I think he was a breakout guy. Unfortunately, he got injured. I was really uh, happy for that development as well. You know, if you know this, Ravi, the league can definitely use more titans when it comes to fantasy. Yeah. So uh, I was really disappointed when he got hurt. But uh, Will Disley, if there's one thing, I, I, he was the news for me. On this team for a few weeks before he got hurt. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, us not, uh, you know, fe uh, feeling uh, or not getting uh, the returns that we were expecting from a team, uh, I think the Rams certainly qualify uh, for that. I think, uh, in contrast to the Seahawks uh, or the 49ers, I think, at least for me, uh, the Rams. Uh, I expect a lot more of them than what we have seen. Uh, and it has something to do with their win-loss. I think at 5-3, and three, they've been, I guess, okay. But I would have hoped for a couple more wins from them. Or I anticipated a couple more wins from them. But I think it's more the style of play. I mean, I think they're no longer the offensive juggernaut that they had been until, obviously, Super Bowl last year. Um, and uh, you can clearly see... Uh, some inadequacies as far as Goff is concerned as a quarterback, as a thinking quarterback, because he was kind of making three wide receivers serviceable most of last year. And now it feels like it's a whole lot of Cooper Cup and nothing else. Um, and what's been worse, though, uh, uh, you know, in, 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 in observing the Rams, 
has been the slow and steady degradation of Todd Gurley. And I genuinely feel a lot of this has to be health-related. I mean, you know, whether it's his arthritic knees or the quad injury he picked up, but he just doesn't look as explosive as he used to or as he's always been. And I think that's had a major effect on the Rams overall. Uh, they don't look, uh, you know, as good offensively. And on defense, they've just had too many departures and too many injuries. And they are a pretty weak defense uh, in a lot of ways. So I think they, in my mind, Arvind, are a lucky 5-3, and three, nowhere close to being a playoff contender. And from a fantasy standpoint, I think their story starts and ends with the Cup. Um, you know, again, he was drafted as what a, a wide receiver, uh, two wide receiver, three flex type of a guy. And today he's a legitimate number one wide receiver, possibly one of the top five wide receivers fantasy-wise. And I think that's a huge jump for him. Uh, so he's been a he's been a welcome surprise. Other than that, this has been a mediocre team. Yeah, I totally agree with you on Cooper Cup. I'm not even going to add anything to that. He would be my uh, pick as well for the fantasy side of things. And you know this, Ravi, both you and I have uh, owned him at different points during his young, uh, short career. And I think uh, we are both big fans. But still, he has been a pleasant surprise uh, this year. In f- in terms of uh, uh, reality, I... I feel like this is kind of where I thought they would be because not because of anything, uh, any great analysis on my part. It's more so because there's this whole thing where the losing team in the Super Bowl generally seem to kind of take a big step back. I don't even know how to explain that or why that is. You know, in other leagues like the NBA, for instance, uh, teams stay on top for a while. But in the NFL, the team that loses the Super Bowl almost every year seems like takes the biggest step back. So that's the only reason I was actually expecting them to take a step back and they've done that. So, uh, and you know, I'm not a big believer in Mr. Kirk Cousins uh, either. So that's, I'm not Kirk Cousins. Uh, what am I saying? Jared Goff. So those are the reasons I was a little down on them and it's kind of coming to fruition here. Uh, But lately I've been hearing some chatter that they will be uh, forced to reckon with in the second half of the season. I don't know if you buy that, Ravi, and I'm not sure if I buy that either, actually. But lately there's some high building. Since, you know, just like I said, it's a week-to-week league, right? They won two in a row now and people are like, oh, watch out for the Rams. Uh, I'm not sure they're they're uh, any major threat to the Niners actually in this division, but they may have a playoff uh, opportunity though. I I wouldn't put that past them, but overall they're right about where I thought they would be. And um, uh, Goff and that whole gang have a lot to prove come next year. I think. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think the only area where we differ is that I kind of expected them to be a lot better than they've been. Um, but uh, I'm in agreement with uh, what you have, what you are seeing as some of the key areas of concern uh, for the run. Um, speaking of areas of concern, uh, candidly, I'm a lot happier now than I was before the season began with the Arizona Cardinals. So not as much concern. Despite, <laughs> again, their record, they are at a 3-4-1 at one, 
uh, record, I think, which I think pretty appropriately reflects the state of the team as it stands right now. They are not close to being as competitive or even being in the same landscape as a as a uh, you know 49ers team or the Seahawks. So they have an uphill climb over the next few years in a very very competitive division, probably the toughest one in the entire league. Having said that, I think everything that uh, the most optimal or sorry the most optimistic uh, Cardinals fan would have been hoping for. You can see some semblances of that. I think Kyler's been more good than not. Um, I think the running game has looked good, uh, you know, in flashes, uh, at least from a scheme perspective. So I think Kingsbury's offense has worked in their wins in the games that they've been competitive in, um, which also brings me to think of the fact that they have actually been competitive in every game thus far, except for the week uh, eight uh, blowout against the Saints. Other than that, pretty much in every game, there was a time in the fourth quarter where the Cardinals could have actually won uh, in each each one of their previous seven games. So I think that's good to see. Kyler's been good. Um, on the flip side, I think uh, I wonder what's going on with David Johnson. Obviously, you know, uh, it, it's a myriad of injuries. Uh, but I think even otherwise, uh, and again, as someone who drafted him kind of for a few weeks and then passed I mean, traded him to you, so I think both of us can attest to the fact that he just hasn't looked the same uh, as in previous years. I think Jay Zed looked great in the couple of games. He was given a main role, but I think fantasy-wise, this team has underperformed. Uh, we haven't seen the best of Fitzgerald either. I think it's about time we can very honestly see, I think, uh, the, the, the football demise of a true great uh, and hopefully like someone else emerges like a Christian Kirk but fantasy wise I think this has been a very middling team in true results though I'm very bullish on what I'm seeing what about you Arvind? Yeah I, I on the on the real NFL side of things yeah I ever agree with you I am a little disappointed at the record because I thought they would be slightly better but of course, I didn't have playoff aspirations and things like that. But um, Kyler has been good. I think there's a lot of things trending in the positive direction. So I agree with you on all of that. I think the future is going to be bright, even though it's a very competitive uh, division. The more interesting part to me has been the fantasy side of things, right? I think they've really not had a whole lot of uh, consistency there at any positions, which is surprising and kind of a weird coincidence, I think, because, you know, with the offensive uh, coach and the genius or whatever we thought he was, we thought that they may, even if they lose, they would have some offensive explosions, right? It it yeah. has happened, but it has been fairly unreliable at every single position. But to your point, if I have to pick one, probably has to be Christian Kirk, right? I think the expectations were pretty high, and he has been nowhere near that. Of course, at least for David Johnson, you can blame it on the injury. And Fitz was actually pretty consistent at the beginning of the season, if you remember. And then he has tailed off as well lately. So, fantasy-wise, it's interesting. They have this whole offensive juggernaut, quote-unquote, 
uh, maybe we shouldn't call it a juggernaut yet, offensive uh, genius coach at least, a very, uh, uh, you know, exciting quarterback, but still it's not translating into fantasy points. I, I just thought that's interesting. Now, all of that will change as Kyler Murray gets more experienced and, you know, things settle down. I I have a lot of uh, positive uh, hopes for this team, especially next year. But uh, right at this point, I don't know if they have a reliable fantasy uh, uh, player. And that's that's kind of an odd place to be. That's my thought on the Cardinals. Great. Uh, which brings us to the last of the NFC division, Sarvind. And uh, we are going to talk about the NFC East. And we'll again start off this case with the worst of them all and possibly the worst team in the entire league, the Washington Redskins. I think uh, not much can be said uh, which is positive uh, on, on, on what the Redskins have been this year. Uh, I think starting even before the season began with uh, Jordan Reed's uh, 550th concussion, which has ensured wow. that he has not even played a single game. Uh, further moving along to their QB issue with uh, Case Keenum starting and then him getting benched and then Dwayne has showing up and showing that he's nowhere close to you know being deserving of a, an NFL roster spot. Uh, the Washington Redskins are a mess and I think what has been really unfortunate along the way has been that their very highly regarded running back Darius Guys for the second consecutive year has had a, a pretty major injury and so that kind of took the win out of the sales uh, for their offense. Uh, their defense, must say, has been really putrid, uh, which hasn't helped matters. They are one of those teams, uh, you can clearly see that they have some pieces in place. So they, they do stay competitive up until the half of a game, even up until the third quarter, and then things just fall apart when the defense just fails and the offense starts uh, delivering a bunch of turnovers. Overall, very uh, disappointing as a team, as an ownership, uh, and nothing to uh, nothing to look up to even from a fantasy standpoint. Except, except a rookie called Terry McLaurin. I think he has come out of nowhere and has really shaken up the wide receiver world. Uh, for I think the better part of the season thus far, he was in the top ten, top twelve wide receivers. I think he's tapered off a little bit in the last two weeks, but still. A true start in the years to come. Uh, what do you think, Arvind? Yes, I think fantasy-wise, there's no argument, right? It's him, basically. I don't even know if there is another name worth mentioning. Uh, I guess Adrian Peterson had a little bit of a stretch there, but uh, he has been pretty uh, uh, inconsistent. But this rookie wide receiver has been fantastic, actually. A lot of teams... Uh, including good teams like the Niners are actually talking about how they might have missed on him, actually. Uh, there's a bunch of teams looking for wide receivers, and this guy might be the... Is he, Ravi, in the front runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Maybe the quarterbacks and then him. Um, yeah, and I think that's one of those uh, things that I don't agree with. It's like, you know, um, an uh, undefined rule that I think QBs always seem to catch the eye. So, from what I read, or actually I was looking at the Vegas lines, I think uh, Kyler's still at, uh, you know, number one, uh, followed by Gardner, Minshew, and Josh Jacobs, and then Terry McLaurin. 
Yeah, okay. That's a good list. Uh, but like you said, yeah, it's a, probably it's going to be a, some quarterback. Minshew, maybe. Minshew mania. But uh, this guy has been fantastic. On the reality side, yeah, the less said, the better. I think at one and seven, it's about where we expected them to be, I guess. And there's a, not a lot of things going on. They fired their coach. I guess that's a, a good development, considering where they have been the last few years. Um do you know anything about Alex Smith, Ravi? Is he going to be back at all or is he done? Or I was just curious what Who, is it? Alex Wait, Smith? What? Yes, actually that's an interesting thing that you mentioned because I was going to ask that there's literally been no news about him. And uh, it's weird because I thought when you look at what has been paraded around at QB, mm-hmm. uh, there would be people talking a lot more longingly about Alex Smith <laughs> returning and I just not heard anything. Yeah, I think he's out for this year. Uh, yeah, I actually, he stands on their sidelines in some games, actually. So, he's on the roster. Maybe they will be back next year. But yeah, I don't know where they're going. Um, you know, Alex Smith is, seems like a good guy. I hope he comes back and does well or does something. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to play the sport again, but, uh, uh, you know, that's a little bit of a tangent. But other than that, I don't see anything interesting to talk about, about this team. Uh, They have a long way to go, Ravi. Agreed. And uh, to that point, let's very quickly move from, like, true crap to something that is slightly lesser (laughs) crappy which is the New York Giants. I think uh, the fact that they have one more win qualifies uh, them to be spoken of after the Redskins, but I think they are no less uh, uh, right. in regard to how they have been. Um, and I think the injury to Saquon did not help, both in real sense and in the fantasy sense. And I think the one thing I must give credit to Phil Shermer and the Giants is the quick hook that they uh, employed <laughs> to relieve Eli Manning from his misery uh, and put the rookie Daniel Jones. Uh, on the flip side, though, the hype around Daniel Jones's first performance against the Bucks yeah. just gained completely unrealistic proportion. They basically made out to be Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady combined, <laughs> and uh, you know, and that was unfair. Most importantly, to him. Uh, and then to the fans, because I think his subsequent games uh, showed that he still has a long way towards uh, being uh, reliable and consistent. So I think the Giants are a mess. Uh, I don't even know what their future is and what future of the Saquons of the world are being part of the Giants. Uh, and from a fantasy standpoint, I think uh, uh, you know injuries have been the, the story of the season so far. Not just from a, uh, from the perspective of Saquon, but Evan Ingram has missed a couple of games. Sterling Shepard has missed a couple of games. So they really do not have a reliable fantasy performer either, or at least they haven't had thus far. Uh, but that's basically what I have on the Giants. What about you? Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, I was one of the guys who fell for the... Daniel Jones hype. I actually went and picked him up in a couple of fantasy teams right away, only to dro- drop him uh, seven days later. Uh, <laughs> by the way, he had a massive game last weekend too, which kind of surprised me yes. because he yes, was uh, right. He was on the road at Detroit, so Detroit, yeah. 
ஒருத்தர் uh future in the short term they they have some pieces which i like better than the redskins even though uh, on the defensive side i'm i'm not entirely sure what the giants have redskins might be uh slightly ahead of the game but i like daniel jones i like uh some of the of course saquon barkley right that guy is fantastic and they may have a easier path forward if they build a good offensive line or something like that um uh, fantasy wise i think uh, one thing i have to pick is uh, it's mostly due to injury but sekon barkley himself has not been uh, near this adp consensus one uh, performance level right uh, let's see if he does that the rest of the way as soon as he's back from injury i think he has had some good weeks but uh, he needs to really uh, keep this going the entire rest of the year for his fantasy owners to be uh, happy um that that to me sticks out as far as uh, fantasy goes because for uh, as bad as this team is it had the adp number 1 guy on its roster so which is interesting right usually it doesn't work that way but that guy is such a transcendent talent that uh, he was consensus number 1 despite being on this team and due to injury he has not lived up to that uh, hopefully that's what the story of the second half might be who knows let's see yeah no i think uh, it, it, it didn't happen before you're absolutely i think it reminds me of those days where uh, the damian tomlinson used to be the consensus number 1 pick in fantasy leagues despite the fact that for a couple of years the chargers were uh, you know quite simply horrible so i think uh, that way yeah saquon being uh, you know so good and so consistent despite playing for the giants is quite remarkable yeah that's a good comparison yeah the bad years of uh, the chargers with ladanian but then i think they turned it around right and then he was There was a stretch when both of them were pretty good the team as well as uh, LT yeah that's right um so moving quickly to the penultimate team for today's conversation and that happens to be the eagles again another team that uh, uh, that in my mind hasn't performed up to their expectation uh, i think uh, part of this also has been certain coaches almost believing the hype that is accorded and i think that peterson definitely qualifies when he was an unheralded newbie who was kind of the second third or maybe even the fourth choice for the head coaching job there and no one expected him and he showed a lot of spunk a lot of creativity and ended up going all the way to the super bowl and since then it almost like a little bit of that label of being a creative genius has kind of gotten to him because i find a lot of gadgetry a lot of gimmickry in their offense nothing that's consistent uh, so that's something which i has uh, uh, ailed them this year along with the fact that their defense especially the pass defense has widely been acknowledged as being the worst in the league uh, and that's mm. not a good combination of having a pretty bad defense along with an unreliable 
Eagles. Uh, so I think the Philadelphia Eagles, but I mean, you know, they are four and four. Still have the ability and the, the probability to kind of come back and even obviously uh, vie for the division uh, lead. Uh, but I think they they would be the first ones to expect that. I mean, uh, first one accept that they have underperformed from the expectation. On the fantasy side, I think uh, uh, some of the typical standout really not stood up. Uh, Zach Ertz being the most prominent one. He's had uh, uh, touches and snap share taken away by Dallas Goddard. So I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I think uh, Jordan Howard has been surprisingly good, uh, but still that backfield is in a timeshare. Wentz has been fairly unreliable or inconsistent, I should say. So, in a fantasy sense, Philadelphia has really not sprung up any uh, stand of performers. Uh, and on a reality side, I think they are in that, you know, what uh, Bill Simmons calls a good bad team, like a bad team that does okay against other bad teams. But when they play against good teams, they end up kind of being a bad team. Whatever, whatever that <laughs> definition. But I think the Philadelphia definitely qualify. That's a good point. Yeah, they that whole division may be a little bit like that. Uh, but I think, as far as where they are from a playoff perspective, I totally agree with you. They may have as good a shot as anybody else, just because of the division. All they have to do is get past the Cowboys, right? Who are like literally half a game uh, ahead of them or something like that. Uh, I did expect them to be way better than this, uh, way more consistent than this. I feel like they still have a good uh, potential to be fantastic in the second half of the season. So I'm still holding hopes. But they have been uh, definitely a uh, disappointment from, for me from a reality perspective uh, but i do think they may win that division at the end of the day from a fantasy perspective i totally agree with you there's nothing that sticks out except uh, f- the one thing i was going to say was just zach hurts right i think he has been a disappointment to say the least uh, not a big disappointment but just just a letdown i would say and uh, that's part of the reason is just the overall inconsistency of the offense and part of the reasons, like you mentioned, is uh, Dallas Goddard's development, I guess. And then Nelson Aguilar, um, Alshon Jeffrey, none of them is doing anything consistent. And running backs, they have like 17 of them. So I don't even know what's going on there. Did you see there's another guy who's running the last two weeks? It's Byron Scott or somebody like yes. that. Because I thought that was the coach for the Lakers. Of your, uh, I forget. <laughs> oh, used to play for the Lakers, right? Yes, suddenly they have another guy <laughs> taking, vulturing some touches from the other seven running backs on the roster. So I don't know what's going on fantasy-wise. But reality-wise, I think they, maybe again, it's wishful thinking on my part. I think they will uh, go past the Cowboys. Great. Hey, speaking of uh, the Cowboys, uh, they are the last team that we're going to discuss today. I think uh, at four and three, they sit atop the NFC East. But not something that they can be absolutely proud of because uh, they actually started three and zero and ended up losing three in a row right after that. Um, and so, therefore, their season can also be you know, defined as being fairly uh, up and down. Um, uh, I think. Uh, 
they are one of those teams that again has shown themselves to be world beaters against mediocre teams but against better opposition they have been found wanting at times uh, from a, a reality standpoint i think uh, uh, the combination the 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 dak prescott amari cooper combo has really paid rich dividends i think that's looking really good and when you combine that with uh, zeke looking like vintage zeke i think uh, uh, you know the cowboys have one more version of their you know holy triumvirate that they always keep coming back to every time a wide receiver a qb and a running back uh, comes up and shines for them uh, so i think they so so that that group is looking good i think defensively this is a middle of the road team has done again has done well against uh, uh, against certain teams uh, that are not known for their offense but even against uh, a team such as the new york jets a few weeks ago Uh, their defense completely uh, capitulated. So I don't know what to make of the Cowboys, other than the fact that at this time, at this point in time, they are leading the NFC East. But I would be the least bit surprised if we had a conversation after Week Ten and uh, they were sitting, uh, you know, second or even third in the division uh, behind uh, behind the Eagles. fantasy wise i think prescott again has been a, in in a top quarterback i think his numbers are looking very good his decision making sometimes has been found wanting um cooper has been an absolute stud uh, as has been someone that i feel and again kudos to you for having picked this guy in a couple of leagues a guy called michael gallup i think he's come out of uh, you know nowhere and again people knew of him as a talented second year wide receiver but i feel you know in on his own he, he could be a wide receiver one as well i think he's been great and obviously zeke has been zeke uh, i'm still not sure about zeke by the way i mean it's a, i know it's an off topic for another time but uh, i don't know how much zeke is the offensive line because i don't see much that's special about him there are times where you see saquon or kamara and you basically are wowed by them and i think zeke doesn't ever inspire me to feel that way but for whatever it's worth i think he's getting the numbers he's getting the uh, rushing yards and the touchdowns and he's at the you know in the top 3 top 4 of running backs what do you think yeah definitely i think with him uh, you may be right on some of the more deeper analysis of his uh, rushing but at the end of the day he somehow consistently puts up numbers so i i give him a lot of credit for that as far as the uh, team itself goes yeah i think their record is about where i thought they would be but they are definitely surprising me with by leading the division it may be it has more to do with the other teams than themselves i thought eagles by this time would have pulled away from them and be much better than them record wise but they are actually behind the cowboys um I think it's a mediocre division and Cowboys and Eagles are going to duke it out but like I said I expect the Eagles to overtake these guys. Um fantasy wise I agree with you Cooper has been fantastic but the one story at least in the earlier part of the season was definitely uh Michael Gallup. I I you know I do have him in a couple of uh leagues but really that guy has been a revelation for them. That's and of course uh, zeke prescott this team is surprisingly 
regardless of how they do in reality they always seem to give fantasy value to to people who own their players which is good right for us fantasy football fans it's a pretty good exactly. fantasy team actually so that's that's my takeaway on them um well did looks like we finished all of nfc ravi good job thank you arvin and uh, this has been fun and uh, i look forward to uh, the next session where we hopefully have uh, some more topic to discuss both on the nba and the nfl side yes nba is picking up so let's get uh, a little deeper on the nba next time maybe and uh, until then we'll we'll see what happens in the world of sports fantastic hey, 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 hey.